Thank you so much. Thank you, children. Indeed, a reminder for us that Jesus is, is to us the lily of the valley, the bright morning star. He has so many, many titles. And uh, we are so grateful to Jesus Christ because these students that uh, have just presented this message in uh, special music, besides Michael, who is from uh, our church, huh? your parents are here with us too? Thank you for sending him to our school. I hope that he enjoys his study in our school. And the three students, they are from China. I'm not sure, are your parents with you in Singapore? Yes, huh? your mother? Your father also, some? Mostly the mothers only, right? And they are here with like a piece of paper ready for us to write the message of love from Jesus Christ. And uh, some of them are having personal Bible study after the Gospel Week and the Gospel Camp. Thank you, Hing, for joining us. Lian Di, for joining us over our recent Gospel Week. And Pastor James Tam, of course, uh, with many other lay people and uh, church pastors who have come to give us the support to invite the students to come to know Jesus Christ. The lily of the valley, the bright morning star above all, the King of kings, Lord of lords, and the Saviour of the world. So today, as we look at this topic, I'd like to draw your attention to the scripture reading in Daniel chapter 12, verse 4. I have highlighted in red, run to and fro, and knowledge shall be increased. When Daniel received this message from, from God through the angel Gabriel, no, he was told to shut up the words and seal the book. In other words, he will not be able to understand this section or this portion of the prophecies because it is for the time of the end. Why? At the time of the end, the message will increase or rather the knowledge shall be increased. Not only in the technological advancement but also in the understanding of the Word of God. Today, as we look at some of this study, for example, by this uh, GSMA, all right, this global study, we know that about 67.04% of the global population, which is 55.25 billion people, they already have something with them, whether it is an iPhone, it is a Samsung, or any mobile devices, laptop, you name it, we all have it. So, it is very common nowadays. What about in Singapore? Singapore MRT is the most common scene that you can have. I hardly can see anybody take out a hard copy book to read nowadays. But thank God, there are still people who read hard copy books. Huh? Um, maybe some of them are reading from their iPhone or from their mobile devices. Like me, you know, I like to read because I don't have good eyesight now. So, it's hard to read those small prints. But with this... Uh, this uh, phone, it is brighter, I can read. So, uh, you, you look at this, this uh, by 2020, which, which was last year, uh, number of smartphone users in Singapore is estimated to reach 4.65 million. I'm sure it's more than that now, and it's more than 90% by today. Am I correct? Uh, anyone of you here do not have a smartphone? Please raise your hand, maybe the children. Maybe the children has the smartphone too, you know. And I was very proud when I bought this two years ago. This is uh, iPhone 11. Uh, I was like, wow, I mean, yeah, 
I can I can show off this, and I went to uh, Europe with my family. You know, take beautiful pictures with this iPhone. But now I can just quietly put it inside my pocket because iPhone 12 is out. All right, soon we'll be 13. We are running very very fast, escalating like what Daniel 12 4 says. Knowledge shall increase, and uh, this this simple graph here shows us uh, since the time of the 1900s where we have this you know, modern technology slowly climbing up. By the time it reaches our age here, it is the AI age already, the, uh, yeah, the, the, this artificial intelligence. And it is estimated by 2045, we will not be able to handle very well the AI because they may be superseding us so much, so much. I'm not sure whether I will live to that age, but many of you young people here, you definitely will reach 2045, and then you'll see how this world is going to be as we face the challenges of what modern technology has brought to us. So, has modern technology, innovation, brought to us blessings or a curse? This is something that we'd like to talk about as we also consider ourselves as children of God how we can use this wisely, smartly, so that we can also tank on these modern innovations, this technology, right? To spread the word of God, the final message for the time of the end. To begin with, also, that I would like to just show you some of this that, you know, uh, people like to do with uh, our smartphones, for example. How many of you watch uh, drama series, you know? Uh, yeah, these are some pastime or leisures. Or like my age, I see many of the, my colleagues, uh, especially the ladies, like to play this Candy Crush. I'm not sure, <laughs> you know. Yeah, you, you smile, maybe you're, you're doing that too. But please don't do it on Sabbath day. Uh. Give the Sabbath day to the Lord your God, right? Honor the Sabbath day. Honor the Lord your God. He's our creator. And of course, we use this very often. Facebook, WhatsApp, WeChat, whatever, you know, these uh, platforms where we can connect with one another. The funny thing is, sometimes we connect with one another with this phone when the person is just sitting beside us. You know, instead of talking to this person, we thought it will actually bring us closer. It actually separates us. So it is a blessing or a curse. I don't know, especially when we go to the wrong websites. It is so tempting for young people, a click away to some of these undesirable platforms. That's why parents need to be very careful to guide the children as they grow up. So, uh, today I have invited two students to share with us how they use a smartphone wisely and, you know, to be a blessing instead of a curse. To begin with, uh, let's invite Christina. Christina is from China and she was baptized when she had her study also in Thailand, right? In Thailand. Come up, please, Christina. And in Thailand for one year, and then she came back to study in our school. Right now, she's in secondary three. I pass the time to Christina. Um, good morning and happy Sabbath, everyone. Um, we all know that this world is developing very fast, and um, many modern technological innovations have started to become uh, an essential part of our lives. Undoubtedly, this innovation has uh, brought a lot of conveniences and assistance to us. However, if we use them wrongly, right, they may become drawbacks as well. 
Hence, I would like to share with you some ways to use this innovation smartly and correctly. Um, firstly, I feel that Digital Bible has made studying the scripture much more easier and convenient. Um, because we don't need to carry a Bible with us wherever we go. Um, we can just open our phone and study wherever we want, right? Such as drawing on bus or MRT instead of playing games or watch drama, we can take our Bible and read it and do our devotions. Secondly, for myself, I like to use my phone to record down my daily devotion and share them with my family and friends. Um, because writing takes all the time, much more than typing. So if I type down a devotion, I can record it daily and do that quickly and efficiently. Moreover, I can use this opportunity to send it um, to my friends, to my families, and share, share with them my spiritual gain gainings so that um, this is a great benefit of the technology that we have now. Last but not least, when we know that if computers and phone is with us, we cannot concentrate on our work, we should shut it down and put it far away from us. And after we finish, we can go back and, and to do what we want on the phone. This will prevent that the technology will hinder us from not completing our work, right? So, uh, yeah, so the, the way I share above is what I feel that can help us to um, use technology smartly and correctly. Thank you for listening. Thank you, Christina. And you know, in our school, we actually confiscate, not really confiscate, we keep the phones for them. <laughs> okay, after school, we return to them, like what Christina says, so they can focus and concentrate uh, with the studies in the school, right? And right now, we have Isabel, Isabel to share with us also. And you know Isabel, she, she's from your church, but I understand that this is the first time since the, the COVID, uh, the, the lockdown, and she's here. I'm sure you are happy to be here to share with your friends. Good morning and happy Sabbath. So some other smart and responsible users of modern technology include being able to talk with long-distance friends and family members with ease, having most of the information in the world at the tips of our fingertips, uh, being a source of entertainment for all ages, uh, having an easy way to capture memories, being able to contact emergency services quickly, expressing creativity or developing mental muscle. It is also easier to learn something new with modern technology. With the virus spreading around now, many places have certain difficulties in running their everyday activities. This includes church, but with technology, we are still able to host ch church service via live stream, and we are able to keep our relationship with God strong. In addition, some people have made a virtual field trip for students to still be able to learn about international places without having to worry about the virus. Of course, there are just some out of, uh, these are just some uh, out of the good. These are just some of the good users are, uh, out of the many in technology. However, as many benefits in technology, there is, there will always be the disadvantages to it. Thank you for listening to my sharing. Thank you, Isabel. And Isabel is right now in secondary two. And uh, I'm so glad that Isabel, Christina, they are among the, and, and uh, Michael, right? They're among the 22 students who are 11 and above. That means from primary five to secondary four who are seven-day Adventists in our school. Uh, some of them from second generation or from the Adventist family. Some like Christina, uh, they are from the, you know, it's the first generation rather. And the mother is also a member of our church now. So we are so happy that the school provides the opportunity for them to not only achieve their 
uh, in the academic uh, studies and pursue and pursuance. And we also see that these people can uh, get to know Jesus. And for Christina, Michael and Isabel with the other 19 or 20 students, we actually involve them in school evangelism. For example, a recent uh, study on this book, Hope's End Time Secrets, where Heng, Pastor James, and they'll be sharing you know, with us. They will have to mark the students' uh, worksheets because each time the students have to answer a few questions from the speaker. And I involve them to do the marking and they, 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 they are like teachers, you know, they, they feel so good. Wow, this one wrong. Correction, please. See me. Some of them even put see me. That's exactly like teachers, uh, they are, the, the language that they use, you know. And uh, very interesting. So they are having this uh, fun time, but at the same time sharing the gospel. And they also use this modern technology, right? The, the smartphone. I invite them to share a devotion in a group with us. So all the 20 few... 23 of them plus a few teachers, they would uh, share every week one devotion to encourage one another. So these are some of the ways I believe it can be a blessing to us. Today with us also are two students. We invite them to come to the front as I introduce them. Punch. Kamisara, we call her nickname. You know, Thai people like to have nicknames, so her nickname is Punch. Alright? Punch. And uh, both of them, Punch and uh, Jovian, uh, in our graduating class. This year, they are facing their O-level exam. And uh, Punch is from Thailand. Sawarika. <laughs> That's all I can speak. <laughs> and uh, Jovian, you are from Indonesia. Right? Yeah. So, these are students that we have. Punch, when did you join our school? I joined Sanyo when I was in secondary one. Okay. Alright, we need to turn it up. Can you repeat? I joined Sanyu when I was in secondary one. I think it was 2018. Wow, that's been a few years with us. And Jovian, when did you join our school? Uh, I joined Sanyu last year. Last year? 2020. Okay, last year. So you only came last year, but you are like, you know, a family member of our school now, right? He attends our church and, uh, okay, just get, don't worry, just get ready. Your, your thing. And today, they would like to bring us a song called Beautiful Saviour. And uh, it's found in our school songbook. They enjoy singing in chapel. And uh, I've invited them to come and share with us this song so that we can all be praising God and to always to look to Jesus, our Saviour, the author and finisher of our faith. Let's pass the time now to Punch and Jovin. Redeemer, bright morning star. 
heavens shout your praise all creation bows to worship you how wonderful how beautiful name above Thank you, thank you so much, uh, Panch and Jovian. I have uh, involved a few of these ASOC members. Um, we call these students, uh, besides Panch and Jovian, those Seventh-day Adventist young people, ASOC members, Adventist students on campus. Like a few Sabbaths ago, Janita, Janita is right there. Uh, she was singing in Thompson Chinese Church with a classmate, and this is how we would like them to even in their youth, to be able to participate in the sharing of the Word of God. So today, as we look at this prophecy in Daniel, shut up the words and seal the book even to the time of the end. This part of the focus of this verse, alright, Daniel chapter 12 verse 4. First of all, if you study Daniel chapter 12 in context, between verses 4 to 12, you would understand the time of the end begins in 1798. In other words, after 1798, we will understand the sealed, prop, the sealed section of the prophecy in the book of Daniel. However, we also understand also that this sealed book is related to later what John wrote in the island of Patmos, the book of Revelation. So these prophetic elements in Daniel that are sealed definitely will be opened in 1798 according to the prophecy. However, who is able to open it? 
Now, yesterday, I was reading a little bit about the Qumran caves. If you know what is Qumran, all right, uh, about three years ago, I had this opportunity to visit this place, the Dead Sea Scrolls. So important, so the archaeologists was like astounding when they found out the, the, the writings of the Bible, right? The, the hand-copied Bible in 1947. And that was not too long ago. That was before, before 1947. The translated version that you have in your hand, whether it is NIV, whether it is KJV, whether it is the Chinese version or the Russian, or, nobody could be very sure if it is very authentic or similar to the original. Thank God for these two Bedouin boys playing, you know, as they were taking care of the, of the sheep, all right, as the shepherd boys, and they heard broken pieces of this vase, and then they found out, of course, without them knowing, because they were Arabic, uh, they are Arab, and they, are, they, they speak, they spoke Arabic languages, but the ecologists, you know, you thought that it's by chance that they found it on the flea market. Can you imagine that something that's so important that is priceless found on the flea market and then they trace it back slowly, realized that it was the Bible found in Dead Sea Scrolls. And now, in Israel, the archaeologists continue to study and found out more. You know, they call one of these caves the horror cave. I don't know why they call it the horror cave. <laughs> but they are finding more of this parchment of the original writings of the Bible. So among all this word of God, we are so thankful. Right in front of us, this translated version, though not from the original, translated from Latin language, right? Original was written in Hebrews and Greek. But we can be so thankful that they are exactly the same uh, with these translations. Of course, with some, some meanings, you know, uh, one word in Hebrews or Greek can have different versions of translation. But above all, it is very, very close to the original. So we are thankful for that. And as Seventh-day Adventists, we are called the people of prophecy. We are not better than any other people. Uh, no, we are not looking down at any other people, but rather we are the privileged group. We are the one that is blessed because God has given to us the final message the three angels' messages, the for the time of the end. And so it is very important to understand that this sealed prophecy, like is pro, uh, like what is uh, uh, what, uh, what do you call prophesied in Daniel chapter 12, verse 4, will be open. Our question is who is able to open? Because if it is a wrong person opening up this seal, we'll understand the prophecy wrongly. So as we look at Revelation chapter 5, verse 1, verses 4 and 5, we understand a vision that Daniel, I mean, Daniel will never be able to see John the Apostle across a few hundred years difference, right? But they all received the similar vision about the sealed book. For John the Apostle, he say here, And I saw in the right hand of him that sat on the throne, a book written within and on the back side, sealed with seven seals. Mine, it's just not one seal. It is so important that it is sealed with seven seals. And this book is like scroll written back and front, right? And the next verse, in verse 4, it says, And I wept. John was crying. Why was he crying? Because no man was found worthy to open and to read the book, neither to look thereon. 
So John was like, oh please God, why are you showing me this vision? And I couldn't understand. There's no one worthy to open the book. The answer is in verse 5. Verse 5 says, And one of the elders says unto me, Wept not, weep not. Behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has prevailed to open the book and to lose the seven seals thereof. Who is the lion of Judah? Who is the root of David? Of course, we know these are but a few titles of Jesus Christ. He is the lion of Judah, the Messiah that is prophesied. He is the root of David. And from the root of David will come the Messiah. And we are so thankful Jesus has come about 2,000 years ago. And He has shown to us that this part of the prophecy in Daniel and in Revelation is going to be revealed because He is the one officially opens the seal. Amen to that? That our Lord Jesus Christ will bring our attention to the understanding of this prophecy because every Prophecy, including the time and time prophecy, points to Jesus Christ. He is the focus, not the beast, not the you know 666. Yes, these are part of prophecies, but to bring us to understand the salvation plan of Jesus Christ that He has given to us since the foundation of the world. So for our for us as seven Adventists, as, as Christians, we need to do our part to use this as a blessing, not a curse. This is not just for le- leisure not for you to play just a candy crush or for you to connect with your friends elsewhere. Whatever we can do with it, but don't forget, we also need to use it to advance the gospel. Pastor Doug Bachelor's website, many of you know about it. I don't need to speak so much about it. And you have, uh, it is written website, you know, by uh, John Bradshaw. Uh, These are very common ones. But today, I want to bring your attention because we are in Singapore. I want you to also take note of our Hope channel. Have you subscribed? Can I see your hands if you have? <laughs> yes? Okay. Uh, some of your hands are up. I will encourage you, if you have your phone now, you can take it out. Go to Hope Channel Singapore and subscribe. These are, these are the, the more modern devices where we really want to tap on, you know, and then we share with the people around us. And inside, this week, you can see, uh, I, I didn't put Pastor James for time's photo here, but he's definitely inside. Huh? <laughs> we have the pastor speaking to you from the Tree of Life. And uh, we have uh, the, the food section where you can learn about good vegetarian cooking, wholesome and healthy, so on and so forth. And there are a lot of information on family. You know, you can teach your children uh, what, to, what to do, uh, how to use a smartphone smartly. Do you know this? Uh, I receive this every day from a church member. And I think he's doing some good thing because he was sent, I think, broadcast by WhatsApp or put it in Facebook, whatever. And he'll put it in English and Chinese, uh, if you can read it in Chinese too. The same format, but in English and Chinese. And I really appreciate this brother who does that every day without fail. And uh, once in a while, I'll thank him and say happy Sabbath day. I'm not sure you know this person or not. He, he also sent to me every day. It's also a brother in Christ. They are lay people, but they feel that, huh, this is something that I've learned. Go to Skill Future. Uh, by the way, all these are past 60s. These two people, they are, uh, they are the seniors of our church. They are pillars of our church, we can say that too. And they have learned the modern devices, how to use it, and to their advantage to spread the word of God. 
These two, one is from my church, one is from Jurong English Church. I'll not mention their names, you can find out. If you're interested, I will share with you, then you know who they are. But I'm sure from your church too, there are people who are sharing good messages to the advancement of the gospel. And this is something we really want to encourage all of us to do. My short message today is this modern technology, this innovation, is it a blessing or is it a curse? It all depends on you and me. It's all in your hand. You know, I recently talked to some students, uh, parents, they are very, very discouraged. You know why? Because like, uh, like Ching Pei Rui, Sao Tien thankfully their mothers are here, but those who are in the secondary school, they are like, you know, put into uh, Singapore context. Their parents are in their home country, and if their guardian is not responsible, they are not studying. Every day, we will be playing games, right? And they totally, like, yes, it's true that uh, during school time, we are able to, like, okay, keep their phones. But after school, they have the rest of the time neglecting their assignments, their homeworks, and they are just glued to these modern devices, playing games and doing something other than studying. This is very sad. Uh, we are able to counsel some who are willing to learn. Uh, some of them can be even addict, can be called an addiction to it too. So we, we are helping them. But I'm so thankful like people like Isabel, like... Uh, Christina, they have shared that they want to use their phones smartly, wisely, not only for their leisures, okay, for their pastime, but also to use it for their study, more importantly, to use it to share the Word of God. This is my uh, personal experience too with the students, and as an adult myself, I have to be responsible. Because nowadays you go to church, right, if, uh, if you look around, uh, people, may, you may think that they are using their, their, their phone to uh, look at the Bible, then that's okay, right? But once a while, message will come in. So I want, I want to encourage you to put it in an airplane mode, right? Or rather, to, to really concentrate on the Word of God, especially on the Sabbath day as we worship God. And uh, this has been really a challenge for this 21st generation, uh, century. And we really have to encourage ourselves first to use a phone. Six, uh, how should I say? Not only wisely, but responsibly, then we can teach our children. You know, I read this uh, my, recently in Facebook. Someone sent me a picture. The picture of a simple uh, composition written by a primary one student in Chinese, but I'll say it in English. My family. You know, how she writes is very interesting. I have a family of four. My father, my mother, my older brother and myself. My father, she, she started with the mother. My mother cooked very nice food for us in the kitchen. My older brother used, uh, spends a lot of time in using the smartphone. My father has given a very good example to my older brother for using the smartphone. But I think it is not a good example because I see my father and my brother always using the phone at home. 
even on the dining table. Why? I don't understand. <laughs> you know, it, this, this girl is expressing herself that even on the dining table, the, everybody was on the phone, you know, as they eat. I hope this doesn't happen to you. Put away the phone at the right time and then spend time to talk to one another. Spend quality time, not only with your family members, but with God also. So may this be a reminder for all of us that we will take this modern technology innovation to our advantage. It's in your hand. It's in my hand. A blessing, not a curse. May God bless all of us.